Welcome to the Jubilee Plus podcast. I'm Abby Thomas. I hope you're well and enjoying these amazing seminars from the Churches That Change Communities Conference earlier this year. Today's seminar is called From Crisis Relief to Release and was recorded ahead of the conference. And we'll hear from Victoria Armstrong, someone who's had a huge impact on my faith as I've seen her walking faithfully with Jesus. And we'll also hear from participants from Jubilee Plus Voices, which is an advisory group made up of people living on the lowest incomes. And finally, we'll hear from Dave Mumford from 313. 313 used training and enterprise to change lives. And you'll also hear from Rosie Hopley from Jubilee Plus, who's hosting this seminar. Hi, my name is Victoria Armstrong, and I'm the founder of the Oasis Centre in Manchester. I've been living in Gorton in East Manchester for the past 30 years. Gorton is in the top 1% of the most deprived neighbourhoods in the whole of the UK. I moved to Gorton as a student as I wanted to find the cheapest accommodation I could. I liked Chanel makeup and I didn't want to forfeit this luxury at uni. I was that shallow. And at 18 years old, I had never heard the word deprivation. But as soon as I moved into Gorton, I saw this word come alive. There was prostitution and drug deals happening outside my flat. And one night, whilst I was brushing my teeth, a brick was thrown through my bathroom window. This is when I decided to leave Gorton, but something wonderful happened that would change my life forever. I became a Christian and God challenged me to stay here and make a difference. And the Oasis Centre was born. We started with a kettle, a toaster, and three ladies who spent a whole lot of time praying. Now, 22 years later, we have 20 staff, a remarkable bunch of volunteers in our very own purpose-built centre, supporting 2,500 people a year. We support vulnerable, disadvantaged, and isolated adults through daily holistic support through five programs crisis support well-being education a work club and a volunteer and mentoring scheme we serve up to a hundred people a day with up to six new people coming into the center every day and one person a week is finding employment through our wrap around care we are also building the most wonderful, long-lasting relationships with the people who come into Oasis for support. We have become family and Oasis has become a second home for many. Through the years, we have found there are no quick fixes to people's problems. We recognise to see real change. We have to journey with people for the long haul. And it is an absolutely incredible what God has and is doing through the work of Oasis. And everyone involved knows it's his. And we are all just humbled and thankful to be part of it. When God first gave me the vision for Oasis, he backed up that vision with scripture, which has been a foundation for the work we do. Matthew 11 verse 28 to 30 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Lynn lost her partner to cancer and she fought the disease herself. She had lost a son through a fatal stabbing and another son was killed in a hit and run. Her third son was in prison. Lynn was crippled with bitterness and she was confined to a wheelchair. Lynn started coming into Oasis for our free cafe and our low cost charity shop. The Oasis team got around Lynn, giving her the time care and space she needed to work out her pain. 
she attended several Alpha courses we ran. And on the final one, she gave her heart to Jesus and all the bitterness left her as Jesus's love poured in. She no longer needed her wheelchair. Her bitterness had been replaced with peace. Now, Lynn supports hundreds of people who come into Oasis with the love she was freely given. Dushi was homeless with her two-year-old daughter. She came to Oasis because she, would, she was told about Oasis on a bus. Our crisis support team helped Dushi seek asylum, find safe accommodation, and helped her become part of our community. Dushi came to church the following week and she gave her life to Jesus. She started volunteering at Oasis to give something back. She then put herself on a two-year community and social care course. And when she had given, was given leave to remain, we were able to employ her as our crisis support worker. Dushi is now our centre manager. I could literally go on and on telling you of so many stories of people suffering isolation, abuse, addiction, neglect and sorrow and how through the work of Oasis and God's unconditional love their lives have been outrageously transformed. This is part of the church's responsibility to respond to God's ability to bring his love to a broken world, to a broken community, to our neighbourhoods. My passion is to see the local church opening their doors wide to their local community, to see churches develop and run weekly support, which starts like a small mustard seed, but grows into whatever God wants it to be. So, in the time that I've got left, I want to get practical. I want to encourage you. I want to inspire the church to keep going or to get started with social outreach. I believe every church can reach out to their local community and it doesn't have to be hard. We started with prayer, a kettle and a toaster. And over the years, we have learned some key principles at Oasis that I would love to share with you now. So, however you are serving your community, keep it Christ-centred. Before you start your day, start with Jesus. And it helps you to remember that God is in control. And it's so easy to forget. We recommend a daily 15 minute devotional or prayer time before you open your doors. Focusing on key kingdom core values helps focus the mind and heart before you open your doors. It also helps build team and trust between your volunteers. We spent a whole year on 1 Corinthians 13 exploring the fruit of the spirit and it blessed our socks off. Keep it consistent. We recommend a two to four hour session per day, as this gives your community the time to enjoy breakfast, lunch, and the opportunity to build confidence and friendships. A great session time is either 10 till 12 or 10 till two. These hours make it easy to recruit volunteers as it easily fits into school hours. We suggest as many days a week as you feel comfortable. The best advertising for your support is being open. People will get to know about you the more they see you open, but it is always better to start small and add days than start big and then have to reduce days. Our communities are desperate for consistent, reliable support, for a place to call home. Keep it free. We believe having a free cafe is one of the main reasons Oasis remains at the heart of our local community. It is literally a lifeline to the most vulnerable and excluded. Providing a free cafe 
also helps create an inclusive and engaging community. Whether someone is homeless or popping in on their day off from work, everyone is treated the same. No one feels a charity case. It's such a joy to see someone who cannot afford to buy themselves a cup of tea, ask a friend if they'd like had to have lunch with them. This is a great environment to build community and friendship. People do say that something free takes away dignity, but we think it brings liberty. If you have a donations jar, this gives people the opportunity to give if they can. And some of our working community, they can put in a tenner in the jar and that pays for everyone's drink that day. It's pretty cheap to start up a free cafe and it's pretty simple to resource. We started with a kettle and a toaster. Keep it simple. There will be plenty of time to develop your support in the future by adding a more exciting menu or lots of services and activities. But to start with, get to know your community and develop a strong, sustainable volunteer team. Our communities long for a regular and reliable weekly or daily place to belong. When you start simple, you build an environment for your community to tell you in time what they need and what would impact their lives for the better. No one knows your community's needs better than your community. Keep it relevant. It won't take long before your community starts to show their needs. Our community is pretty transient, so we often have to change how we support people by adding an extra ESOL class or changing our menus or putting on a mental health training workshop or adding volunteers to our crisis support team. We sometimes have to expand or decrease our programmes of support in line with the current demand. We stay flexible so that we can change quickly in times of change and keep it safe. One of the ways we can show love is to make sure everyone feels safe. This includes your volunteers and the people who will use your church for support. Having a simple safeguarding policy, which is basic, relevant and understandable for all your volunteers will build confidence in your team and help sort out problems quickly, efficiently and safety. Keep it accessible. Many people are used to services telling them, we're not the right place, we can't help you, or you have to book an appointment, we can't help you now, or sorry, you are out of our catchment area. This is in time which causes people to lose hope and give up. People can easily slip through the net of service provision and get lost in the system when they are not offered friendship and a listening ear first. Creating an open access culture can seriously impact a person's life, a family's life, a community's life. Creating an environment where everyone is welcome where no appointment is needed, where people can dip in and out of support, activities or services, and where you never give up on the people you are serving can literally turn someone's life around. Keep it clear. Having good communication with your team from day one is key. Also knowing what culture you want to emulate can have significant impact on creating a growing and life-giving community. Keep loving. Oasis is unashamedly learning to love like Jesus. The greatest commandment is to love God and to love our neighbor. Without love, everything we do loses purpose, direction and meaning. God's kingdom only flourishes when love is at the heart. Keep 1 Corinthians 13 at the helm of everything you do. It is the most wonderful guide, teacher and leveller. Keep listening. It won't take long before your community starts to tell you what they need. And one of the ways we love our community 
is to listen. Boredom and help with problems soon become apparent, but the way to support will be unique to every community. One of the ways we feel most valued is when we are listened to and understood. Simple activities suggested by your community can relieve loneliness and boredom and help people feel that they belong. It probably won't take long before some kind of support program is needed. So many people struggle for years on their own, not having family or friends to help them navigate through difficult situations. And then these situations can easily turn into crisis issues. Support may sound like an overwhelming task, but basically you just need a team of people with a listening ear, a tender heart and common sense. And keep learning. Once you start feeling settled in a daily routine of support, it is easy to get comfortable and stop learning from God and our communities. We have so much to learn from God and our neighbour. We need to keep a check on how our community is growing and changing. Reaching out to our neighbourhood and loving them well should be an incredible adventure full of joy learning to serve and put others first before ourselves. Now that's the killer. We need to remind ourselves daily to walk in the fruit of the Spirit, learning how to love God and our neighbour well as we grow and change. Jesus tells us in Matthew 11 verse 28 to 30 to lean on him and learn from him and he will show as how to live freely and lightly together. If anything I have said today has interested you or inspired you, please get in touch and I'd love to hear from you. So to contact me, it's victoria.armstrong at oasisgorton.org. Thanks for listening. How fantastic to hear of work that keeps Christ-centred with prayer time and being a consistent, flexible and open presence in the community. Now let's listen to Dave Mumford at 3.13 share how they are helping those who are out of work for various reasons in the northeast of England. People in their community face challenges such as difficult family issues or mental health issues or other barriers to employment. Using supportive work experience placements, 313 has seen people transformed through prayer, friendship, and being introduced to Jesus. They've built relationships with local colleges and probation service and others, and seen dozens of people give their lives to the Lord in 12 months. Here's Dave to tell us more about those who have found hope and ways to give back to their community. Hi there, my name's Dave Mumford. I'm from Tees Valley Community Church, which is up in the northeast of England. And I'm the director of 313 Training, which is a charity that we set up to help people get back into work, share God's love and see lives transformed. What I'm going to do is share a little bit about what we do here. Uh, I'll share a little bit of the journey of how we started and how we got going, a little bit about where the funding has come from to enable us to do what we do. And I'll share a couple of stories as well of lives that have been transformed along the way. So we're a registered charity, but we are under the umbrella of the local church here and use the building uh, here. So, and 3.13 comes from the Bible verse, Philippians 3.13, forgetting what's in your past and pressing to what's in front. Um, it's a great conversation starter, if I'm honest. A lot of people ask us the name of 3.13 and we're able to share that Bible verse with, with people who, uh, who find that inspiring and ponder a little bit on the words. And we uh, obviously do training qualifications and we do work experience placements with people who are out of work, but maybe for a reason. They might have uh, low level uh, mental health issues, lack of confidence, anxiety. Uh, they might have sort of bare chaos in their lives and family breakdowns. Um, they might, uh, a number of people we work with are ex-offenders. And all of these become barriers to progressing. And so 
our job is not just to help find help somebody find a job, it's to help them uh, overcome the barriers that are in their lives to enable them to progress and move forward. So all of this started in 2016. The church had run a gap year program and a leadership program, and they decided to uh, accredit these both these courses as well. And rather than a, a sort of partner with a local college or university, uh, they decided, what if we actually delivered the qualifications ourselves? And so a couple of the guys here decided to start doing all the due diligence that needed doing in the back office to actually be able to offer our own uh, qualifications, uh, BTEC qualification, uh, NOCN qualifications. And over the years, began to build up a big sort of portfolio of qualifications that we were allowed to deliver here. And in 2016, uh, we started to deliver, not just for people on a gap year or on leadership, we decided to start opening up to local residents in the in the local community uh, who might be out of work and started to deliver a level one employability qualification, just using some small grant funding that we had received. Uh, and this started to grow and we started to offer uh, over the over the time, we started to offer more and more courses in the community. But in 2019, everything changed. Uh, we did a project here in uh, the local, in partnership with the local council, and this was not necessarily around qualifications or little little courses. This was a, a six week program where we centered it around work experience. So we found various different things for people to do. Uh, that was we've got a garden here, so we did some gardening. Uh, we did uh, cooking in the kitchen. We did painting and decorating at some of the walls that needed doing. Uh, we did some admin in in the office, uh, basically using uh, things that are available to us in the church building and creating work experience opportunities. And we realized actually that this had really sort of hit a bit of a niche market and was what a lot of people were, were needing. Uh, if they were out of work, there was so many courses that they could go on or so many qualifications that they could do. Yet what people really wanted and wasn't really being offered was work experience placements where they could do some work and and uh, maybe get a reference for, for people who had seen them working. And this was something that we were starting to be able to offer. But actually, one of the things that was most significant for us was that we found that by working together and doing practical jobs, we found that conversations around faith and around Jesus were a lot easier when we were painting a wall or digging a, a garden. And we found that we actually started to see people finding out more about faith and being a bit more open to the gospel because it seemed a little bit more uh, natural and a little bit more relaxed in that manner. So let me give you an example. Uh, we had a guy here called Darren. He was a big, tough, Geordie lad uh, who was working out in the garden. And he shared with our team that his mum was ill. You see, they say mum up here in the northeast, not mum. And uh, his mum wasn't well. And our tutor said, hey, could I pray for your mum? And uh, he was like, well, yeah, like now? He's like, here. The tutor was like, yeah, yeah, why not? And he said, but hang on, before we do, can I just tell you something? He said, you see, I, I believe it. I believe God's real. I believe God. I, in fact, he's turned my life around. He's made a change. My life wouldn't be the same without Jesus intervening. And he started to talk about his testimony and sharing a little bit about not just his life that has been transformed, but other people that we've seen transformed by Jesus as well. And afterwards, this guy just said, I, I can't believe this. I've never heard the Christian faith being described like what you're saying right now. And he said, well, yeah, and I'm telling you that because I believe in the God that I'm about to pray to for your mum, and I believe he loves us and I believe that he hears my prayer. And this guy was just, he got completely just overwhelmed by it with the Holy Spirit. And he just out blurted out, he just went like, I just say no more, how do I become a Christian? And right there and then was led to the Lord. This happened from start to finish in 40 minutes. We hadn't even prayed for his mum yet. And it, and we realised, wow, this this there's something here in the way that we can share our faith in a in a more natural way, and this has been a way that we have just seen so much fruit 
and we decided to stop all of our courses, stop everything that we were doing, and we decided to start running projects like this at our church building. And at first we had referrals from like the job centres and we had, uh, uh, they started to get wind of these work experience opportunities that were available. And, you know, at first they were a little bit coy. Who are these guys who at the church? Is, you know, what, what are we sending these people to a cult? Uh, but gradually we had a couple of people that went through the programme and went back to the job centres and said, they, I felt supported, I felt loved, I felt, and they've helped me, um, you know, turn my life around and get a job. And the reputation gradually spread. And in just over a couple of years, we went from being completely unknown to almost every job centre in the neighbouring towns. Every job coach knew about 313, knew about what we were doing, knew that this was a place that everybody was talking about. That's just the presence of God and the Holy Spirit that did that. In fact, we had uh, big colleges and training providers come in to sort of visit and see, well, what is this that you're doing? <laughs> and and, uh, and almost like spying on like this, you know, what, 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 who are our competitors here? And we're like, we're not your competitors. We're just a, a small organization, but making a big difference in people's lives. And they were trying to sort of see our qualifications. And I said, listen, we can't, our qualifications are quite basic. In fact, we can't even compete with the things that you're doing. You see, the reason why people and lives are trans being transformed here is because of what they called the atmosphere and the culture that had been created, the love and the support and the care that, pe that our team were giving these people. And, uh, and, and they were saying, well, the atmosphere, that was the feedback, the atmosphere is amazing. Well, we call it the presence of God the Holy Spirit at work in the lives of people. And by doing these work experience placements, we've grown and grown and grown. And we still do qualifications, but now they fit around what we want to do in terms of allowing people to stay here for four, maybe six weeks uh, in order to really sort of be able to get that experience and help them get a job and move forward. So funding wise, as uh, people would be interested in. Uh, we're a charity, so obviously we apply for grants. Uh, but back in the start of all of this, when there was only two of us, uh, we couldn't afford a, a grants a fundraising manager. So we used uh, people that would uh, that we didn't necessarily have to pay up front that would take a cut if we if we won a grant. That was a strategy that worked for us in the early days. Um, and eventually we employed a fundraising manager, uh, which was just the best move because, you know, obviously um, it was a risk in the beginning, but it were, it paid off because obviously because of the grants that were, were that were won and have continued to be won to enable us to grow. But we don't just actually get funded by grants. Uh, you see, we back in 2016, when we first started all of this, we started to apply to the local councils for various different funding pots that they had. Um, a lot of the councils have a, a community learning budget, uh, which which we used in a number of uh, local areas. Um, and then by doing qualifications here, we were able to use what's called the adult education budget, which is run by the Department for Education. And that's a national uh, uh, funding pot that we were able to use and be paid for the qualifications that we deliver here. Uh, then a couple of other places we, we contacted, we asked a couple of the local big colleges um, that although were these colleges were mainly sort of working with you know, A-levels and 16 to 18 year olds. Uh, in fact, all of these colleges actually had an adult uh, learning uh, funding pot as well. Uh, and we approached uh, one of the local ones here who had this huge contract to, to work with like nearly 2,000 uh, adults in this local area and help them move into work. And uh, we were able to apply for them to be a subcontractor. We're not going to work with 2,000 people, but we could work with 100. And, uh, and so we applied to be a subcontractor. And then they gave us significant funding to be able to work with the people. And that enabled us to do the qualifications that we wanted to do in the way that we wanted to deliver them. And the culture and the fact that we were Christians didn't put them off because by this time we'd already built up a good reputation in the local area. Uh, fourthly, we also applied uh, to, we made a relationship with the local probation service. Uh, we had a real heart, especially with our name, 313, forgetting what's in your past, pressing to what's ahead. 
uh, we have a real heart for those who who maybe have made a mistake and committed an offence, um, and we we had checked and made sure that they, they you know that they, they were safe and everything was was done properly to be able to come here. Um, and uh, but we start we built a relationship where people who were given unpaid work community service hours were able to do that here uh, at the church at the centre, and that enabled us to meet a whole load of new people who maybe were at a stage of their lives where they were looking to change and wanting to really turn away from their past and, and try and create a better future for themselves. What a golden opportunity to share faith. And uh, in fact, and, and we've just seen this grow and grow and grow and being able to be, become more and more confident to be able to be open and avert and unhindered in our sharing of our faith. Uh, in fact, we've seen 35 people give their lives to the Lord in just the last 12 months. And that's part of this strategy now, which is running these programs, running qualifications, uh, which just enable people to come here and have structure and have meaning. But it also gives us a great opportunity to, to not force some people, but to, to share a little bit about our faith. And many people then hear and want to know more. Um, so we've grown and uh, not just in Teesside now, we deliver these courses and programs in Sunderland, in Newcastle, in Durham, uh, we're starting one in North Yorkshire next week, which has been really, really exciting. And we started to introduce more and more elements to sort of help alleviate people from poverty. So firstly, we provide meals for people every day. So when they come to us to do a work experience placement, we make sure we feed them healthy, good food. Uh, and we run a hospitality qualification now, which is very popular. And what they cook is meals for the community. Uh, in fact, we have a mission project in a deprived area of Middlesbrough, and we cook over 100 meals a week to go to this project. And what's incredible is a lot of our referrals come from these areas. And so they come to our program to cook meals for people back in their own areas. Uh, this is just an amazing sense. It gives them an amazing sense of sort of giving back and hope and worth for those even in their local community. We've also created a job club uh, where we do CV workshops and uh, we give one-to-one -one support to help people find not just a job, but meaningful, sustainable employment. We want to give people everything that they need and equip them for the resilience to stay in a job, not just get a job. And lastly, uh, we've started to deliver uh, budgeting sessions due to the cost of living crisis. Uh, we teach sessions now for all of our learners that are free for them to use, where we start to teach uh, ways to uh, reduce bills, save money and budget. And we partner with, we're blessed to have a Christians Against Poverty Centre right here in the church. So of course, we refer anybody who needs further support to CAP. And it's been such a joy and a privilege to see people become debt free. And uh, lastly, I know I just said lastly, but lastly, lastly, we also run a DIY skills workshop as well, uh, which is basically giving people who uh, a bit of confidence in how to use basic tools maintenance. Um, this is for everybody, uh, how to use a drill, how to change a plug, how to put up shelves, to give people confidence to be able to do basic jobs themselves and maybe save a little bit of money, not always needing someone to pay somebody to come and do these jobs for them and teaching them how to do very, very basic DIY and maintenance, uh, which has been a really exciting project that we've just started and get off the ground. You see, as we're growing, we uh, the next phase for us is we want to start moving into housing. And uh, we've recently partnered with Hope Into Action. And uh, next year, we are looking to start uh, buying houses and to support people. You see, if we're going to change the world and we're going to really see people set free from poverty, we need to work together holistically with other Christian like-minded organisations to help people, you know, come out of there where, where they are and to be able to work with them holistically. Not, you see, getting a job is really helpful to leave poverty, but actually if your relationships are broken, if your housing is, is a mess and, and needs sorting, if you're up to your eyeballs in debt, then all of these things are just going to pull them out of work or cause them to, to not stay in a job. So it needs to be a collective working together to help somebody to move forward. But I really want to say this as well. As much as I absolutely and amazing as it is to work for a Christian charity, the most important thing for us is to point people back to the local church. It is the local church 
that is the ones at the end that need to take these people to disciple them and help them find Christian community. You see, Jesus isn't coming back for a Christian charity. He's coming back for the church. So our job is to help people come to us. Our job is as a reason to get people to actually come to the church, come to the building, come and meet all our Christians and our staff. Training and equipping is brilliant, but it's the byproduct. At the end of the day, our hope and vision for people that come into our midst are that we can actually help them to meet Jesus and then to go to the church to find their community. Let me tell you a story to end with about a lady called Kendra who was referred to us by the National Probation Service. And she had made some mistakes. And uh, and let, to be honest, she would say her life was just absolute mess. She was just, her relationships had been chaotic. She'd had terrible things happen to her. And, uh, and she was just in absolute pieces when she arrived. And she came to do a course. We, she'd been asked uh, to come and do her unpaid work hours here at the Oakwood. And uh, she'd come to do it to us. And actually, she came and we helped her obviously do some training. But the training was really there to give her structure and to really an excuse to bring her to a place where she would really meet Christians and be supported by our pastoral team. And throughout her time here, we saw her life gradually start to change and her relationship started to be restored. She's a single parent and was able to start bringing her daughter uh, along to church and she realized that a dramatic change in her life was from the moment she stepped through the doors. And the amazing thing was, Kendra realized on one Sunday, the whole reason this was happened was because Jesus had got a hold of her life and she gave her life to the Lord and she followed him. And you know, Kendra right now is part of this church, not just part of the church. She's serving in our outreach missions, out into the deprived areas, working with the people that are most uh, chaotic backgrounds, sharing her testimony that she too had a life like that, but had been transformed by Jesus. And as you know, when somebody gets saved, it's not just that person that is affected. You see, her daughter now comes to church. Her daughter's trajectory in life has changed because she's receiving teaching on a Sunday morning and finding her own Christian community herself. Her Kendra's sister has started coming to church and connecting in with Christians and learning. It changes everything. And that is the power of the gospel. I could say so much more, but my time's up. And I do want to say this. If you have enjoyed what you've heard today and you would like to find out more, uh, we offer a free one hour Zoom call uh, where I share and some of the team just share a little bit more about what we do and answer a few questions. Uh, so you can do that by emailing me. My name is dave.mumford at 313.co.uk uh, or you can jump on our website 313.co.uk for more information. I hope that this has encouraged you and inspired you to help people move forward. God bless you. We've heard from those leading work with people at the point of crisis and how many are encountering the love of Jesus through this. Now let's hear from people with direct experience of poverty and low income. Jubilee Plus Voices. Proverbs 31 tells us this. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. Many with direct experience of poverty are the best ones to speak up for themselves and others, and they have valuable insights into church-based social action and church communities. They are sometimes the church's best evangelists, filled with ideas and a passion for people to meet Jesus. Jubilee Plus Voices is about listening to the stories and ideas that are not often heard. People have been helping us bring recommendations for those who want to improve how they are serving, supporting and empowering those coming through their doors. Let's hear from recent participants of Jubilee Plus Voices, who tell us what it looks like to help people move beyond relief and toward release and restoration. It's made everything a lot clearer. I think it's, it's mostly the church has given us the support of an extended family. It is like having an extended family. There, um, there's always someone that we can talk to. Someone, you know, if we, um, if we're worried about something, 
we can go and talk to someone and there's no there's no judgment there's no it it's, it's just it's been it's been great Wow, huge. Um, my life has just basically turned around. I walked into Jubilee Church in Hull uh, just over four years ago. Um, just was greeted with open arms. Uh, there was Life College. Um, I joined a recovery course. I've been just over four years sober. I helped join on an Alpha course, which I, I help out with you know, a couple of times a year. I've just, my life has just completely turned around. My children are back in my life. Um, I've got amazing friends. My family are just so grateful. My brothers actually thought that they'd lost the sister and they've just got me back now tenfold. It's, it's changed my life. It's made me wonderful, made me happy. Our friends, uh, everybody comes and talks to, to me in the church and... Habby, she was brilliant. She grossed said, oh, yeah, and said, oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm telling you, so City River is very brilliant. Yeah, it brought us closer together. And saved our marriage. <laughs> and saved our marriage. I went to church and um, it was great. It was great. And I was treat. I was made to feel like I was some sort of hero with my story. You know, everybody's so happy that you come to know Jesus and you want to be. But, and it is like, it is at, like that at first. But for me, it wore off. And that's it. And that's where I'm at at the moment. You can go into a shop and you can buy a pair of jeans, just like you can walk into any church. And God's there. And he's all around you. But it dependent on what church you go to or where you buy your jeans is how it fits. For me, I've been to different churches and I felt God's presence, but I didn't feel the tightness, the security, the stability, the safety. But attending Emmanuel, that was there. It was become like your favourite pair of jeans that you just know you put it on, you feel safe, you still feel secure, you feel loved. And that's what my church does for me. I wouldn't be where I am today and I certainly wouldn't be alive. If it wasn't to the church, uh, I would probably be dead. Uh, that it's through the church, uh, God's people, that he's loved me back to life. I volunteer with the Free Bank. Um, and uh, I go when I can, and if I can't, Everyone's really understanding, and that's another support that I wanted to mention. But uh, last year when I was there, I started to um, build a connection with a lady that, that that was coming, and she was talking to me, and we prayed together, and I just started to build up a really good connection with her. Um, and then uh, now she's... Um, part of our, our ladies group that we meet once a week and we talk about Jesus, obviously, uh, but we're also there to support each other and she's just blossomed. As God loved me back to life, uh, I've been able to support uh, and love my parents uh, who are coming to the end of their lives. And uh, if it wasn't for the church, I wouldn't have been in any fit place to love them in the way that I've been able to. I think it's massively important. We're at an opportunity today where we got to know different people, hear different things, and together we can support each other. There, are, there were things today that people didn't know that we knew, and the whole point of the voices that we'll get together and we'll share our knowledge with each other. It's important because I think there's a lot more like me coming. And uh, that's God's heart and he wants his church full. I think it's really important, but I think it's, it's so hard to be heard nowadays. If you're not in power, if you're not in privilege, it's so important to be heard and it's so important to know that there's a place you can go where you can be heard. 
and to know that you're actually being listened to and that you what you're saying might actually stand a chance of being having something done about it and being heard and actually being thought about. People that they say they don't believe this and they don't believe that, but people do listen to people. That's what I say, um, and it's brilliant. Absolutely, because we come from, with church, we're such a diverse group, all different races, different social backgrounds. Um, so, yeah, it's about we're, we're there as one, as a community with church, um, and each individual needs to be to be heard. Being able to express positive or negative is important. We might think that we're doing the right thing. Our hearts are in the right place when we're all doing it and we're helping the community. Feedback is just as important um, and to give people the confidence to be able to say, this didn't work. And just so that we can hear the voices of the people that are being helped, uh, just so we are focusing in the right way. I came for one reason, <laughs> same as I did last time. I came for one reason and I found out a whole load of new things today and met some people who have been really helpful and really, really um, opened my eyes to a few things. Um, so, you know, the whole cause of why we're here, um, I think is really good. And like I said before, I'd like to know what comes of it. But on a personal level, uh, it's been really good for me today because I haven't been out of my house for a long time. And um, it's been really good and I'm really grateful. Part of the day is snakes and ladders and people talking to very brilliant people in the world. A lot of it was our opinions. The question she was asking, she was really, um, she really wanted to know our opinions, our answers, what we thought about um, Jubilee Plus. I think Jubilee Plus voices are God's icing on my cake. It's just being amongst God's people and that's where he asked me to be. Yeah, um, kind of makes you feel like you're important, like a proper member of the community and that you've, you know, your opinions matter. No matter how small they are, you know, the opinions make a difference. I think it's really beneficial, rather it could be something that happens, you know, once a month even, and especially in the whole area because it's quite a deprived area, so we've got massive unemployment. Um, as I say, Jubilee Church in Hull is very diverse, and um, regards to the poverty issue, I think it would, it would be massively helpful in the Hull area where People can openly discuss the the challenges with with money, etc. It can release a real burden. It would make a difference. It would take courage, lots of courage. People to be honest and open, not just say what they think they're supposed to say, what what the community wants to hear, or what you know, but. Just be in a place where you can really say, and if you don't think it's working out, be able to say, I don't think this is working out. If it's working, this is great. Just be able to be honest and say what you need to say and know that you might not always agree, but, but it doesn't matter because you're having your voice, you're having your say, and it's being heard and listened to. And hopefully we'll get some results. <laughs> yeah. In the past, I've been a part of other churches where I felt that the people that were standing up on stage were not the people that you could get to talk to. And the most important thing about Emmanuel is that most people are available to talk to. So you all have elders and leaders within the food banks. So they're there and they're in real life. And when you come back to talk to them about something, they have first-hand knowledge. You'll, you'll find them doing things that they're not in offices, they're not locked away, they're very real and they're very there. And I think that's really important because you can't explain something to somebody who doesn't really have an understanding of what you're trying to explain. God says that we're called to serve. He calls us to serve. And that starts at the top and goes all the way to the bottom. 
And then that's how God lifts us up, all of us. We wouldn't make, we couldn't make the gospel up, could we? We couldn't make the cross up because we would have tied it up with a bow and it wouldn't, it would have been sanitized and nice and neat. And serving's not, it doesn't look glamorous. It's messy. No, it's painful. And that's what the cross was, wasn't it? That was God serving us. Just thank you. Thank you so much. It's so encouraging to be here. Um, I feel really quite lifted. It's just been an amazing day, and I can't thank you enough for getting me involved. It's been wonderful. Thank you. We've heard from those directly impacted by living on a low income, as well as those leading 313 and the Oasis Centre. Maybe you could run a voices group in your area and help people to connect and feel part of a church community that is local and national. Other leaders have told us how Jubilee Plus Voices has enabled them to see they are making a difference in their locality and that what they do really does matter. We've heard that people coming through the doors can become the ones who lead initiatives and that the leaders you need may already be there. How wonderful to hear of people hungry for the good news of Jesus and responding with hearts that are open to his love and new life. What about you? What action could you take to see people set free from poverty, becoming those who help others? Maybe you already have ideas. While working together, there is so much that people want to give, get involved with and grow in. Isaiah 61 tells us that in God's community, there are people who will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendour. And there are oaks of righteousness in our churches and communities. The growth might be slow, but it's good. Let's ask God to help us see things with fresh eyes and tender hearts and to help us see people set free from poverty and helping others around them. God is doing immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, as some of these stories have shown. Thank you so much to Rosie Hopley and to all the contributors from today's episode. And if you're new to the podcast, why not scroll back through our archive and you'll find lots more seminars like this to enjoy. Until then, goodbye for now. Underneath the shelter of your